Hi loves, welcome back to Strip Down. I have an incredible call-in guest today. She is a new mama. She is an incredibly established orthodontist. She is a blogger and influencer from all of her different work that she does and what she shares. She's known as Bubbly Moments, which I think is just so cute and perfect. Welcome Dr. Amelia Tineva to my show. Hi, Ali. Thank you so much for having me tonight. You're welcome. Thank you so much for, you know, um, being flexible. We've had uh, our schedules crazy as mom life and work and everything. So I'm so excited to have you on today and happy new year to you. Happy New Year. I Isn't wish you all the best. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. It's already yeah, you 2020. Well. <laughs> yep, 2020. I know it's pretty, pretty crazy. It's like you, I was saying to my husband last night, it's like, wow, you know, it's not just a new year. It's like, wow, it's a new decade. And all this is, you know, changed and happened. And it's crazy, but it's uh, very exciting. So thank you again so much for coming on. And like I was saying, you know, a little bit about you with being, you know, a super established orthodontist and a new mom and everything. Can you tell my audience a little bit more about yourself and who you are? Uh, So uh, my name is Emilia. And I practice orthodontics uh, in the Chicago area, in the suburbs and in the city. I've been living in Chicago for the last eight and a half years. I am originally from Bulgaria. It's a, um, it's a country in Eastern Europe. And um, I did a lot of traveling in my 20s. And then eventually I moved uh, to Chicago to complete my residency in orthodontics. Um, so I'm really passionate about traveling. And that's why I started uh, my travel blog, Bubbly Moments. Um, now I'm a new mom. I have a four and a half um, months old um, baby boy. So I'm trying to uh, navigate between working full-time and blogging and Instagramming and at the same time raising uh, my my baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute, by the way. His name is Nicola, right? Yes, yes. So cute. Like the pictures you posted <laughs> are just adorable. He's really, really cute. So he compensates for keeping me, <laughs> keeping me up all night. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know that the first few months are really, really hard. And like, I remember with Amelia, which I told you is my daughter's name, I spell it with an A, um, because she's named after my grandmother. Um, That was her her name. And she was my very best friend. And so I I love the name Amelia. And my daughter, you know, the first few months were very hard. My husband and I joke that like, the first three to four or five months, they're kind of like in the trenches. And then you start to like somewhat feel a little bit like a new normal again, or whatever the heck normal is at that point. And you know, you start to like, figure out like, okay, this works, and that doesn't work. And you find your rhythm and your own schedule, and it starts to feel a little bit more manageable. But the fact that you're, you know, like a full blown working orthodontist and working with patients and doing everything you're doing while having, you know, your baby boy is like huge that you're, you know, getting to, to do all that and blog and do all that stuff on the side. You know, it's a lot of work. And as you know, being a mom is a full time job. Yes, it's, uh, it's pretty overwhelming at certain days. And uh, we're traveling right now. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not even easy right. uh, when we're supposedly on vacation, but you still have to wake up every three hours. Oh, see yeah. The baby yeah. You're on vacation. Or... <laughs> not really on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I saw traveling? that uh, we are currently in the Dominican Republic. So we're Ooh, um, oh, nice. Yeah. We've been uh, here with my husband um, four or five years ago or maybe more. Uh, and really, we really like uh, the resorts here. The beach is beautiful. The sea is amazing. Uh, so we are really happy to be back. Um, we were avoiding the Caribbeans. We were avoiding Mexico, South America <laughs> because of the Zika virus. Of course, so, of course, yes. Uh, we we had to travel <laughs> so much further. Yes, of course. Yeah, no kidding. It's true. You do. Okay, I know it's the same 
thing with, uh, you know, me being pregnant with, you know, number two, it's like my, my, yeah. doc- my doctor said to me, they're like, you're not planning on going anywhere where the Zika virus is, right? I'm like, no, you know, it's like, and it's funny because we got, um, we got um, uh, pregnant when, um, before we went to Mexico, but we didn't know we were pregnant. And when we got back from Mexico is when I found out I was pregnant and I was like, oh, oops. And they were like, well, it, you know, they're like, it, it was so early, like, it's okay. But like, we, we advise, you know, when you're actually like, you know, in term of pregnancy, like, and you know, to not, you know, go to those areas, but it was like, oops, you know, I was like, it, you, you have to like, go to so many different, like you said, go so far and go to so many different places to like, not be near it. So uh, I'm sure it was like quite the travels for you. I've never been, but I've heard it's beautiful. My husband's been, uh, he went with his family many years ago and the pictures look amazing. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I kind of became obsessed with the CDS map about the Zika virus. So every like every few months there was a new country popping up on the map. So for example, we did our honeymoon in Thailand, and then few months later, it suddenly there's a Zika virus there. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we've been trying to get pregnant for a long time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you do your best. You try to, you know, pick the best spot and that's all, that's all you, you know, all you can do. I mean, that's, that's motherhood in a nutshell, right? It's like you do your best and, uh, that's, that's, that's more than what, you know, more than enough. So, you know, being a new mom, um, how, you know, how does, how does it feel? Cause you're still like very much like a brand new mom. Like I obviously call myself a new mom, but my daughter, you know, Amelia is, you know, going to be 21 months old in a few days. So it's like, you know, she's as crazy as it is. She's approaching two. And it's like, yes, of course, I'm still a new mom, but I don't feel like as a new mom as like someone like yourself, who's like brand new to this. Like, how, how has it been for you? Like, what is it like being a new mom and being uh, such, you know, an entrepreneur and a full-time orthodontist? Uh, so it certainly hasn't been easy. Um, so I have a niece who is 15 years old and a nephew um, who is 11. So I used to babysit uh, for my sister uh, while she was at work. She's a dentist as well. So that's why there's such a huge age difference between uh, my son and my sister's uh, children because I know it's not easy and we just had (laughs) dinner and then he started crying so I had to exit the restaurant Um, so he's really sleepy and you kind of navigate through it you figure out when he's hungry when he's sleepy I also had a huge help from my mom she came from Bulgaria like four days after uh, my son was born and I actually had to go back on the fourth day um, to the office. So she she pretty much stayed with my son during the day while I was working. Uh, but what I found really frustrating is when I was staying at home and I was trying to do some work and then you get interrupted a lot. Um, so that was the hard part for me getting used to like jumping and like, oh, he's crying uh, let's see how I can, um, whether he needs food or changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and then I have a big old dog who likes, um, who likes attention. So for example, he's going to steal the blanket or he's going to steal a pillow or, or the baby toy or the pacifier. And then you have to chase the dog <laughs> while you're holding a crying baby. Right. Uh, yeah yeah so um it wasn't easy but I think it's getting it's getting there Um, my husband definitely wants a second child so I'm like uh (laughs) maybe maybe another year or two yeah and I feel like you know the men like you know as amazing as you know they can be and, and they help and like my my husband's incredible and he really steps in and steps up and helps me but it's like they don't feel what we feel because it's just different as a mother like the the mom guilt and the constant emotion and our hormones and everything that our body physically feels from the pregnancy to giving birth to then you know being with the baby and caring and everything it's like it's just a different feeling and I know my husband was the same and he, you know, wanted, you know, another one, maybe even another one after this, and it's like, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, it's like, they, they're amazing. And you like, do want that. And, but at the same time, you're like, 
oh my gosh, this is so much work. Like, how am I going to do it? And somehow you just do. It's like, I'm totally freaked out that, you know, this next baby girl is due May 16th, you know, which is like right around the corner, especially now that we're in 2020. It's like way more real that she's coming. And my bump is getting like way bigger <laughs> trouble like breathing and walking. And, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is like really happening. Like we're, you know, like we're really going to have, you know, a, you know, two children and it's like wild and it freaks me out on so many levels. But then I think about how I couldn't even manage Amelia and how hard it was for me. And then somehow I figured it out and I'm like, okay, you know what? Somehow I will figure this out too. It'll be hard. It'll be chaotic. I'm sure it'll be very trying and challenging, but somehow, you know, it'll, it really will, you know, work itself out. And it sounds like you're having the same kind of epiphany, you know, with your son is like, okay, somehow I'm figuring this out. Well, first of all, congratulations on the second pregnancy. Thank you. I was about to mention it earlier. I'm really excited about you. Oh, thank and, you. We're really excited. We're very excited. And uh, to be honest, when I was pregnant, I just like, I was like, oh, let, I couldn't wait to be over with. But then you realize how much easier <laughs> pregnancy is compared to okay, taking yes, care yes. of a baby who cries every hour or every two hours. Yeah, it's true, especially in the beginning. Because, like, are, are you um, are you choosing to uh, breastfeed? Yeah, so I'm I'm pumping every three hours. Yeah. I got a, a wireless a pump, yeah. and I uh-huh. I travel with them. I go to work with them, so it. It, it, that's actually the most annoying part. It's not the pregnancy. It's not the crying baby. It's not not sleeping during the night. It's just that you have to put those pumps every three hours because your breasts are hurting so much. I know. It, it's hard. <laughs> no, and I appreciate you sharing that because pumping is it's really hard and like good for you for taking it to work with you and, you know, traveling because it's, it's not easy. And I have the same feeling like, you know, i luckily am very fortunate that I get to be, you know, a stay at home mom, you know, raising Amelia as well as full-time working mom from home. But at the same time, it's like I, when I was pumping all the time and I pumped for about 10 months with Amelia and I, oh, wow. yeah, I pumped for quite <laughs> quite some time. In the beginning, I pumped like crazy to like, you know, build up my stash to put in the freezer so I could get some downtime. So if I needed to just like get out of the house and go like get a massage or like go just get some air, like Justin could feed her and it was no big deal. So that was like our go-to was like, okay, you pumped enough milk, like go do you, (laughs) you know, but it was like constant. And I remember going back to work too, even on the days that I would go do my like TV segments. And one time I forgot to pump and I feel you and it hurts. Like I was driving home and I was like, oh my God, I have to pull over because my boobs felt like they were going to explode. Yes. Yeah, so I have those wearable pump, uh, pumps. So pretty much I pump everywhere in the plane, at the beach, in the office where I'm seeing patients or doing consultations. Wow. Um, sometimes I, I had to drive and at the white, you can put them on or take them off. Wow, I remember the uh, it's the LV pumps. Uh Um, so they sell them in Target, but um, I had to return two of them because they um, they kind of died, but then you can buy a new one and return whatever it wasn't working. So I'm really happy with them. Um, I do smell like milk a lot, so I have a special <laughs> I have a special bra just for pumping. So I put the bra, I put the pumps and then I change the bra because sometimes it it leaks, especially when you're moving and if you have to lift lift things or bend over. Um sometimes the pumps turn off so you have to turn them back on. But you kinda you kinda get used to them and I couldn't imagine getting um I tried the Medela pumps where yeah, you actually I tried have that to be too hooked. In the hospital. I was like, no way. <laughs> uh, I, w- I didn't try anything in the hospital. And I think the nurses like thought that I, I'm not planning to breastfeed at all. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to figure it out later. Don't worry. Because I didn't want to waste anybody's time. I, mm-hmm. I, I had the pump at home and the baby came two weeks early. So it was unexpected. I went with a small. With my purse, with my credit cards, to wow, the, <laughs> to the hospital. Uh, but yeah, like I tried the Madela, and I, I, I'm a person who is always doing something. Like uh, I'm gonna get up, and I, I'm gonna 
do the dishes or do the laundry and you I couldn't imagine getting hooked to a, to a thing for 30 minutes and you couldn't even hold the baby right with with that type of pumps yeah um, it's true I know it's like uh, the <laughs> real. it's like you're trying to take care of the baby you're trying to pump trying to do so many things and it's like Wow. So I've never gotten to experience the LV pump. So I've seen people like post about it and and share it and everything. So you just put it in your bra and then you just pump from there. Yeah. So they're two separate. So one for each, one for each breast. And then um, it's a button and you press it and it pumps and turns off when it's full. And sometimes I keep pushing it until it's up to five ounces. Uh Usually it turns off at three and a half. Oh, okay. Um, and it depends. I noticed at the beginning I had way more milk than of now. Course. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I still managed to get up to like five from both breasts every that's, I mean, three, that four hours. Is a huge accomplishment to be, you know, because I remember even with me, like I, long story short, you know, I had a C-section, my milk was late, yada, yada, yada. So it was like just, you know, chaos for me for the first 10 days. And I didn't have really have any milk. And so I was like pumping like crazy to try to get my milk in and tell my body like, Hey, the baby's here and the whole thing. And finally, like I got my ounces up, but in the beginning it was really hard and I was only getting a little bit and it was very discouraging to like only get a couple ounces. And then finally I was getting five to six ounces, you know, for quite some time. And then same, it, you know, it teeters off obviously as they feed less and as they're getting solids and you know, all that. And Amelia actually is still uh, nursing now. Um, not like she really needs to, but she chooses to um, on the, in the mornings and in the evenings. And it's like, you know, a way different experience now because she's way older and it's more for like soothing. And I probably, if I were to pump right now, I'm sure I'd get like all of, you know, a half an ounce off of each, bre- you know, off of both breasts together because I'm not getting the supply that I used to get. But it's kind of wild when you think about it, like how hard you work to pump and that kind of stash that you create. And then all of a sudden, like somehow as they get a little bit older, like it starts to change and then you have less coming in. It's, it's so crazy. Yeah, you kind of have to, you kind of have to do it. At the beginning, I remember it was so hard. Like my nipples were like, oh yeah. After Uh the first, the first day, even not at the end of the day, he was was born in the, at 6.30 a.m. So like by the afternoon, my, my nipples were bleeding. Yep, I know. Um, So you kind of have to try and I know it's really frustrating, but in my hospital, they had amazing lactation team, and oh, they were great. like, they kept bothering and bothering you and helping you, uh, showing you how to nurse the baby. Um, so I'm I'm in the medical field, so obviously I'm very pro best breastfeeding. Um, yeah. So uh, I know that it's very very important, and I definitely don't want a sick baby. <laughs> Right. Uh, Oh yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. And that was something for me too. It was like, I told my husband, like, no matter what, I was going to figure it out, even though it was really hard for me, but it was also so rewarding in the same time, because once I finally got Amelia to latch, because that was also a problem. And I finally had milk coming in and we were finally, and I had a lactation team as well that came to my home and we finally were in a rhythm. Like it was so rewarding to be able to feed her wherever I went and just, you know, nurse her and, you know, have her get the antibodies and, you know, knock on wood. I mean, she's had like little sicknesses here and there, but she's been pretty healthy. And I really do believe that that, you know, contributes from the breastfeeding. So I'm with you when it comes to, you know, knowing it's not easy, but really advocating and pushing for it. Yes. Amazing. I'm, I have a whole new respect for all the moms out there. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm with Since you. I became one, it's, it's so hard. I feel like it's the, it's the toughest job and uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, no matter what kind of regular job you have, once you have a child, it's a, it's a totally new world mm-hmm. and yeah. you're responsible for this small human being. Yep. And you need to make sure he's raised properly and healthy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're like literally raising a human. So it's like in creating a human. So it's, <laughs> it's so, it is, it's so wild. And I feel the same way. It's like I had no idea. Like I knew it was hard, of course. And I knew like to a point that it wasn't going to be easy. 
but I had no idea how freaking hard it was going to be. Like I had no idea. And like, now I'm like, oh my God, like this, I feel the same way. I tell my mom all the time. I'm like, I bowed down. Like you had three of us, like my mom was a stay at home, you know, um, mom and raising us. And that was, you know, she was a homemaker. That was her job and what she chose to do. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I give you so much credit that you had, you know, three children and you raised us and like, we turned out great and everything. Like, it's just, it's so incredible when you see other moms, especially older moms who have like done it and survived it. And they're like still going and you're like, wow, that's amazing. You know, it's like, it's crazy. Yes. I, um, my mom is, uh, my mom is a dentist and my sister is a dentist. So they always had to go back to work. So I was pretty much raised by my grandmother Wow. <laughs> when my mom was at work. So, um, I'm used to the working mom uh a mentality so i i i think i can manage if my mom manage if my sister manage <laughs> yeah well do you think uh, that that helped you amelia like to kind of like because you because how how soon after you had your son did you go back to work uh so that's the thing he was due um august 31st and i had a full schedule with patients until august 24th Oh. So I was really hoping he's going to come on August 24th <laughs> after I finished with work. And I was like, oh, I can drive myself to the hospital. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, he came on August 15th. And that was, um, so that was, so what <laughs> happened is I went to work on Wednesday. I came home at 7. We were refinancing our condo. So we had a person in our house. We signed a document. We had dinner. And then I always read before bed. And sometimes I was sleeping on the couch. So around 1 a.m. I went on the couch. I was feeling some discomfort. And 1.30 it became worse. And I started Googling stuff like Braxton Hicks contractions. What to expect. And I start counting and I was like, oh, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. Because uh, it felt like cramps. Um, I didn't know how contractions felt. Yeah. So at, th- at 3.30, uh, I was like, should I call the doctor? It's kind of in the middle of the night. I don't want to wake them up. <laughs> You're so nice. I would have been like, call the dog, call the midwife. What's going on? <laughs> no, my husband, my husband and my dog were like asleep like dad in the bedroom and at 3 45 i finally called and somebody called me back after that and they're like okay it sounds like you need to go to the hospital and uh the hospital is actually 25 minutes away so i woke up my husband i got my contact lenses and the solution that was the only thing i got and we left so when I got to the hospital, I don't know what time was it, maybe 5 or 4.30. I was already at 7.5 dilated. Oh and my I, honest, I honestly thought they're going to give me some medication and send me back home because I was reading online and that's, that's what it seemed like. They sent people home. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I had patients scheduled for 12 p.m. So I really had to go to work on Thursday and I had patients on Friday and on Saturday and it was the worst timing ever. And that was all in my head. Like, Oh, what are you going to give me? Can we go home so I can sleep <laughs> four hours? <laughs> anyway, they're like, Oh, you're not going home. It's happening. So, um, yeah, five and they, and actually it was so painful. The only thing in my, the second thing in my in my head was like can I get anesthesia when I'm gonna get anesthesia and the nurse is like oh you're dilated so much I don't think there's time and I was like freaking out quick I was freaking out so by the time I got the anesthesia I was already at 10 and they gave me the anesthesia wife was good again and we actually didn't know the gender uh, oh, we didn't, didn't know, know what you didn't know you were having a boy. Yeah, we didn't know whether it's a girl or a boy. I was sure it's gonna be a girl, and we didn't have any names because he was early. I, I actually was planning to go to Wamas classes and learn all about <laughs> other things, like figure out pediatricians. I had all those things on my dining room table listed. Um, 
what else? I wanted to do the umbilical cord, the bank. Oh yeah, so the, the, cord, cord. the cord. Yeah. Uh huh. And then I mentioned that after he was born, uh, I guess it's something you need to say before he was born. Right. Um. So I I didn't like yeah I didn't plan it right on time. Anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we were discussing kid's name. I thought it's it's a girl. And then they suddenly, after the anesthesia, they everybody came in the room, like 10 people, and they were freaking out. Uh, they're like, oh, we need to give you an emergency C-section. There's no pulse of the baby. My, oh my husband God. freaked out. Um, they kicked him out of the room. They moved me to the ER. But that was at 5.50. Oh, wow. And at 6 a.m. we were in the ER and suddenly they, they managed. I think they stimulated the heart. Um, so the baby was fine and actually did a natural um, natural delivery oh, of wow. the baby. He, he came so fast. It was like maybe he was born at 638. So my first pain, <laughs> like the cramp started at 130 and at 630 he was out. And then wow. I was still an, under anesthesia. So I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. I have four hours to sleep and then I can go to work. <laughs> oh my God. Because <laughs> I had so many patients, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I didn't want them to be rescheduled. It's so much work for the front desk. They had to call like 200 people. Um, anyway, the doctor said, you're not leaving. You cannot leave the baby. <laughs> 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 And I didn't have my contact lenses and my I'm pretty blind without them. So I didn't even, um, I didn't see the baby and, and my husband was, okay, it's a boy. Wow. <laughs> it was like one more because the dog is also a male. <laughs> one more of us. It's not a girl. I'm sorry. We have oh, wow. to go another round for a girl. <laughs> that's so funny wow so you yeah. were like still in like very much work mode even after your son arrived oh, I was like yeah so for that day we had like um I I don't do grocery uh shopping I order everything online so I had a grocery scheduled for 9 a.m I we always have a dog walker at 8 a.m uh, we we didn't have any bed uh, furniture for the baby, and I had the baby shower ten days before, so all the presents I didn't even unwrap them. They were all wow. in in their packaging and boxes in the room. So we had the baby furniture coming that day in the afternoon. We had like a cable installation, shade installation. <laughs> so that day was like the busiest probably of the whole month and the baby decided to came that day. of course wow so my my husband went straight home like at 7 a.m he was out the door of the hospital so it's really you when things come unexpectedly yes you're still in the work mode um you don't know what to expect and then they started um they didn't let me sleep i thought i'm gonna sleep but they didn't let me sleep they started um, teaching me about lactation, to nurse the baby. So I think I finally fell, fell asleep at 6 p.m. that day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, I definitely won't know what to expect the second time. <laughs> I know. That's how I feel. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I, I think to myself like, wow, at least I have a little bit of an idea of what to expect. Obviously they say every birth is different and it's different for every, you know, baby, but it, at least you kind of have an idea for me. Like you were so quick for me. It was not like that at all. Like I, like my birth was pretty crazy. Like, you know, my daughter definitely had other plans and she was, you know, due, quote unquote late, you know, from her due date, she was due March 30th. She came on April 3rd. I, you know, I was in labor for, you know, over 42 hours. Um, wow. I went to, um, a C-section after all of it because she wasn't, um, coming through. I was like finally fully dilated after so many hours. It took me so long to get dilated. And then when she finally was coming down, she was getting stuck in the canal twice and shot back up and oh it was like a whole thing but 
I feel you when you say about the work mode, because I think it's really funny that you said that because I was going through the same thing, like being, you know, a celebrity wardrobe stylist on top of other things that I do. I had clients that were like needing dresses and all these things. And I thought in my mind, like, oh, I can just like still figure things out. And I was trying to handle things. And then like my, you know, my husband and my publicist and all these different people on my team were like, okay, you have to like let go and stop answering and stop responding to emails and get off your phone. And it's like crazy how you don't realize like how much that kind of affects like you being like in the moment with the birth, or at least for me, it did. And I didn't like realize like, wow, like I'm, I'm doing this. Like I'm actually like giving birth. I'm in the process. Like it's, it's all happening. And in your mind you think, oh, but I have more time. Like there's more time and there's not. No, like, um, yeah, I even thought that I can go back to work on Saturday. Um, but I think the from desk person said no. <laughs> we are moving. We are moving everybody in ten days. You're not coming on Saturday. But I had patients on th- Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday the following week. So pretty much I went back to work on the fourth day. Wow! Um, and it was kind of painful. I remember um, it was painful sitting down. Oh, I bet. And I know they tell not to drive, but yeah. And then, well, and that happened as well. Yeah. Well, so for you, you didn't really take a real maternity leave. No, I pretty much um I went back um on the day four or five and then um I worked three days and then I took ten days off and then I was back to full schedule. Wow. Um, crazy. And and my mom my mom came um, so my husband was pretty much with the baby, I think only one day by himself. Um, and I remember the first four or five days, it wasn't really that hard. I don't know what happened after that baby. Maybe they, they don't sleep as much. Or I remember the first three, four days, I thought it's really easy. And was sleeping a lot yeah <laughs> and oh, yeah. I was thinking I was thinking we don't really need help <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no yeah. well and it's, it's <laughs> like when they're super super little you're right like all they want to do is sleep because they're so little and they're so tired and they like just came into this world so they did so much work to get here too so it's like in the beginning beginning they're just sleeping like I remember Justin and I too we were in the hospital like Amelia was sleeping quite a bit she was pretty manageable and then we got home and I remember like it was like a tornado because I couldn't like you know I couldn't get her to nurse because they were helping me in the hospital with nursing and I was pumping already and they would help me latch and then when they could get her to latch she would eat a little bit but I couldn't get her to latch at home so she's just screaming you know Uh her lungs I'm losing my mind because I'm like oh my god I'm starving her what do I do my mom and dad Justin's mom and dad everybody was here they're trying to work my stupid pump they're trying to get everything like going everyone's in like tizzy running around all crazy you know it was like oh my goodness I have like Justin running out you know to the store just to get formula god forbid in case I can't feed her like it was just like oh my god you know total chaos so I feel you on that and it's like it feels like that for a minute and you feel that whirlwind but then again I feel like you start to slowly find a rhythm and you start to find like what works for you and what works for your baby and like what works for your family. And then slowly you start to find like, you know, that, that rhythm again. And I I think about it with number two, I'm like, okay, with this next baby girl coming, like, I feel like I feel a little bit more prepared, but I still feel like there's so much that I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to try to make sure like I do things a little bit differently. So I'm even further, like not necessarily prepared, but I'm just in it more. And I let myself kind of allow the chaos and not be so thrown by everything. Yes. It's, it's, uh, once you know what's coming, it's completely different story. So with my second one, I really hope to be able to get at least a full month off work. And then I'm, I'm hoping to get everything ready at least three, four months before the baby comes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, yeah because, sure. because we, we came back from the hospital on Saturday and that's when I started unwrapping all the presents. Okay, the crib was, was already assembled by the delivery guys. <laughs> um, so at least we had a crib. But then I had to unpack all the presents and then it was laundry 
it's good in the hospital they had some quotes pretty much they had everything in the hospital so I felt like the diaper bag was that you had to prepare for the hospital was overrated right um oh yeah definitely. Definitely. <laughs> all this stuff right like you like pack. well that's what I did I packed so much stuff thinking like I need this and I need this and I need and it's like no you don't <laughs> yeah they had everything um and pretty much they tell you like I just listened to what what they're saying and uh, they were really helpful they were amazing in the hospital that's Um, good that's I mean I feel like not everybody has that experience so that's that's really nice to hear for you and that you had that lactation support and all that because that's so important and I'm sure also for you being like a doctor and being in the medical field you know how important it is to have support and to have you know that type of um just resources around you whereas some people you know they don't have that and it's so much harder absolutely absolutely the nurses were were phenomenal like they were coming every few hours they were checking they were asking questions and then we didn't have a name for the baby so the baby (laughs) name was with question mark and every time they'll come in they're like oh you still don't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when we had actually to check out from the hospital, my husband came and he was like, okay, what's the name? And they don't let you leave the hospital without the name. That's oh, wow. We didn't know. <laughs> so how did you guys name your son? Um, well, first, uh, we, we, I had a game in the baby shower 10 days before he was born, like where people were were like guess my gender, guess the, um, suggest the name. Uh, so my friend actually brought all the cards. So for the first time, I had to look at them. I, and I, I was ready with names for a girl, but I had no idea for a boy. Um, so I was calling him Daniel for three days until my husband came. And he was like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were back. Like we had five, six options. and. Yeah, um, pretty much that's how it happened. He was like, I think my niece suggested it um, that day in the morning. And somebody also suggested that name during the baby shower. Oh, it's, it's uh, <laughs> so cute. Like, really beautiful name. Thank you. Yeah, we we had to come up with something pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. But do you have a do you have a name for your second do you have a name for your second one? We don't. And honestly, I was actually telling my husband, like, cause so Amelia, you know, our, our first daughter, she was named after, as I said, my, you know, my grandmother, who was my best friend growing up. So I knew as soon as we, well, really once we got pregnant, I knew like deep down, I'm very spiritual. And I knew like that she was a girl. Like, I just knew. And so I knew my grandmother would send a girl for the first baby for sure. And so it was like, I knew it was Amelia, like 100%. So that name was just there from the beginning. But with this baby, I'm like, oh my God gosh, I have no clue what to name you because I like really knew with Amelia and with this baby, I feel like I just can't sense like what I want to name her. So it's driving me crazy. And I was telling my husband actually today when we were putting like decorations away and getting everything ready for the new year. And I was like, we need to start thinking of names because I keep calling her baby girl and she and baby. And I'm like, and I feel weird doing it because we called Amelia Amelia when she was like, you know, in the womb. So it's just so, it's just so crazy. So I have no idea. So I'm, I'm hoping something strikes me in the next, you know, few months here. And like, I'm trying to look at different names and, and different suggestions and books and this and that, but nothing's grabbing me as of now. So we'll see. <laughs> I might be in your, I might be in your position come, come round two. <laughs> I know, I know. And actually I Googled um, boys names after we gave the name like a week later. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> just, to, just to see and see if there's anything else you like better. I know. It's I, I, I always do that. I always do that, but with the name, of course, it's too late. Of course. No, but, you know, his name is beautiful. But it's, it's hard because it's like you're like, okay, this is the name they're going to have, and this is what I'm going to call them, and do we like it? And it's like you associate your names with so many different things. So it's like, oh, I don't like that name because I knew someone with that name, or oh, I don't like that because it sounds older. Like you come up with all these crazy things with different names in your head and you're like oh my gosh this is so hard so it's like I totally get it and that's how I feel now with this one I'm like oh my gosh I almost feel like I want to wait to see her 
to name her, but then I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like, so it's, it's just, it's so, it's so wild, you know, it's so, it's so interesting, but you know, being like a dentist and everything, like you've been doing this for how long that you've been an orthodontist? Uh, so I've been a dentist for 12 years, an orthodontist for six, six wow. years, yeah. <laughs> so were you always passionate about being in that part of the medical field? Um, so my mom is a dentist and my sister, she's eight years older. Um, so she's also a dentist. So pretty much, um, I didn't have a choice. My mom was like, <laughs> you have to do that. And like, it's, it's really competitive to get, get in. I finished dental school in Bulgaria and to get in it, they accept only 30 girls um, from the whole country. Um, so I spent a, an entire year of my life at home, walked, <laughs> studying, memorizing. Like you had to even memorize the dots and the commas and the sentences. It was insane. Wow. Because um, it's very competitive. So my mom, like when I was seventh grade, that's when the whole preparation starts. So when you finish high school, you can apply. Um, so in 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 the other countries, there's no college. So from high school, you go immediately into um, dental or medical school. And it's six years. It's not, um, it's not four years like in the States. Um, and so the dental school, it's six years um, in Bulgaria. And um, yeah, pretty much it was my, my parents' decision. <laughs> wow. And I had already my sister who who was practicing for two years after I I was accepted as a dental student. Um, so um, I knew I knew it's something. Um, I, I also wanted to do it because I grew up in my um, in my mom's dental office. I was always visiting, drawing, checking what she's doing, what how she's doing it. So I had some idea what kind of lifestyle that will be. I, uh, on the other hand, I had problems with my um, my front teeth. I had an impacted tooth, and it took forever to bring it down. So I had braces for many, many years, uh, different kind of orthodontic appliances. So that's when actually the passion for orthodontics uh, happened. So between the age of eight and 25, I was having all kinds of different appliances in my mouth. So um, I knew I wanted to be an orthodontist eventually. Wow, that's uh, pretty incredible. So it kind of came from your own, you know, issues in your mouth and having like the problems you were having that you were like, okay, I want to help people to be able to do this. Yeah, so orthodontics is very, very important for the self-conscious. And um, it's like... It's crooked teeth, it's bad smile, and then you can see how things change in a matter of months, pretty much. Pretty much. So I'm really passionate about it, and I'm really happy to give the opportunity to people to feel better about, them, about themselves. It's raised their confidence, their self-esteem, and uh, especially in the United States, I feel like almost every, every kid is having braces nowadays. Even if it's for mild issues, and if I if I tell parents um, it's not a functional, you'll see a little improvement. Uh, it's mild crowding. They still the parents still want to uh, improve their kid's smile um, at the end. Yeah, no, uh, that's amazing. And so you work with children and adults, then? Yeah. So about. Um, 60-70% of my patients are uh, children. Uh, the majority are at the age of 12-13 when all the permanent teeth had erupted. Um, about 20% are adults. A lot of patients don't wear their retainers at the end of treatment and then they end up having braces uh, or Invisalign at a later age, 25-30. 40, 50. I even have patients in their mid-70s. Um, so retainers are very, very important at the end of orthodontic treatment. It's important uh, for the teeth to stay where they are. And uh, if the retainers are not worn the necessary amount of hours, then teeth go back to where they were or 
get crowded again so that's why um most of the doubts are relapse cases like getting retreatment um and then uh, some of my patients are eight, nine years old. When we do a phase one treatment, um, it's just to correct cross bites, um, making sure that the facial development, um, it's not in the wrong direction. Um, and most of those kids, they get second time braces, like a second phase at age 12. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so you get to do all that work and be a part of it and see their transformed smiles. Yeah, so pretty much you see the, um, the or, average orthodontic treatment is about two years. So you do develop a lot of uh, relationships with your patients, with their parents. Um, I'm treating big families sometimes. One of um, my patient's mom is now pregnant with child number eight. So we talked about Wow. <laughs> pregnancies and children now now that I know <laughs> wow, about this eight. part She's of like life. beyond super mama jeez <laughs> I, I know like I'm like if if other people can do it <laughs> I know right it's like okay if they can have eight I can have two right <laughs> or one or one at least or one <laughs> yeah totally it's true yeah it's like some, somehow I can do this somehow I can make this work oh my gosh I love it and then so you've been okay so you've been doing that and then you said your blog bubbly moments and like what you share even on your Instagram which by the way is so beautiful and the aesthetic is gorgeous like I love it um like what is that came from your passion of travel and then you just kind of started sharing it in a blog and then also on social media or like where did all that come from uh, first of all, thank you so much for the lovely words. Um, oh, yes. I love, seriously, <laughs> I stared at your Instagram. Like, I work really hard on my aesthetic, and I, I looked at yours and was like, oh, my gosh, I need to step up my game. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's it's really a lot of work. Um, I kind of have to let go of perfection. That's actually what I just posted as, a, as the first day of the new year, where I don't have to spend hours editing the photos or right. trying yeah. to match the fade. Uh, but anyway, um, so what happened is um, I traveled a lot in my 20s. Um, I traveled all over Europe, some of Africa and Asia. Um, so I really like discovering different cultures, meeting different um, people from different backgrounds. Um, so that's, that's always been a passion of mine. Um, and I, I moved in Chicago in 2011, so it was a really um hard few years in the residency um trying to uh, complete the orthodontic program uh so i mainly traveled for conferences around the u.s um and then after i graduated we got engaged with uh, my husband now Aww. and i spent about a year and a half planning a wedding <laughs> And after the wedding, we went on a honeymoon to five different destinations. We did Hong Kong, three, three uh, locations in Thailand, and we ended up in the Maldives. So I think what happened is during that honeymoon, I, I had so much free time. <laughs> I didn't have to go to work. I didn't have to plan a wedding. I didn't have to go to school. And we would taking some photos and it was so interesting everything and that's when the whole idea came up like during wow. that honeymoon uh so as we, we've been traveling a lot before the honeymoon and of course after the honeymoon so we we kind of took it to the next level developing into a business um so eventually, after the travel blog, I started posting about dentistry and orthodontics as well because my followers were interested in that as that subject. And now as a new mom, <laughs> I'm also posting a lot about the baby. Yeah, of course. So things, things are evolving. <laughs> so How can you not share him? <laughs> things are definitely evolving. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, thank you. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. But for me, it's still the travel. Travel part is still a big passion. Uh, it's a 
it's the biggest passion and it comes easier for me to post travel photos um, than taking photos at home for example because I don't spend much time at home and there's always rushing you have to leave for work in 10 minutes you have to pump oh yeah uh-huh so first thing <laughs> I have I, I like hours in the day and you're like I feel that way all the time I'm like oh I'm gonna post today and then I'll like I'll look at the clock and I'm like, I have this and this to do. I got to clean. I got to do this. I gotta do that. And then I'm like, and I got to pose and I got to create content. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And my head just spins. <laughs> yeah. So when we travel, I try to, to get as many photos as possible. So I have content for the next few weeks. And then now, nowadays when I have to be up all night and then I, I get to sleep like two hours before I finally wake up for work. So the first thing I do is go and put my breast pumps and then I go to the restroom, brushing teeth, face, everything, then taking the <laughs> breast pumps out. So I pretty much have 10, 15 minutes to leave the house. Yeah. Um, no, and I appreciate you sharing that like realness because I think that's important, you know, for other moms to hear and also, you know, moms to be and that sort of thing, or even, you know, those that are thinking about, you know, entering motherhood down the road, like, you know, they look at someone like you with a feed like yours and it's like beautiful and you have a great following and, you know, a beautiful aesthetic and everything, but it's great that you just shared kind of the behind the scenes moments of like how hard it is for you to be able to create those moments at home and like your schedule and your routine and that you said you do more when you're out traveling so you have extra content like I think those are great tips and also just great real things to share being someone of your success yes it's it's really hard and besides I live in Chicago and the temperature over there is like 20 degrees or minus minus 20 Uh, even in June this year was 50 degrees Um, so it's really hard to go outside and actually shoot and even if my on my days off for example I'm really planning looking forward for this Sunday when I'm gonna shoot and suddenly it's raining or it's really really freezing um so that's another reason I don't post a lot from Chicago (laughs) right Uh, or or it gets dark gets dark at four so now you have to use a flash <laughs> <laughs> right and then it changes all the aesthetic no I love it it's so true but it's like but it's real you know and that's that's what's important and I, I appreciate you you know sharing that and everything and I know like real mom like you know you have to get back to you know your son and family and everything because you guys are on vacation is there anything else um that you would want to share with my audience you know about yourself or other tips or anything to share in motherhood or you know in you know, being an orthodontist, anything before I kind of let you go? Um, I think it's important for moms and anybody out there not to be too hard on themselves. Um, I know it's very easy to look at other people and think they have the perfect life. And I've been in that (laughs) rabbit hole. And you always think somebody else's life is so much easier or the husband is more helpful or they have all those relatives helping them Um, or they don't have to go to work or all they do is taking photos all day long. But um, in reality, um, everybody has a different lifestyle, different goals. Um, When you see beautiful photos, they're not so actually easy to take it <laughs> takes some time and there will be always people who who have more and there will be always people who have less so it's important to be satisfied with uh and be grateful to what you currently have and that's something i'm trying to uh learn every day to be grateful and try not to push myself to the limits I'm trying to slow down and <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I think those are all good things you know like you said and also especially going into you know a new year and new decade to really take with you and to really work on I know same here and it's hard obviously as a mom we do push ourselves to no end and to our limits and we don't realize it until we burn out and I've had the same realizations for myself as I'm working really hard and trying to find more balance and you know just trying to figure it all out and it's uh definitely a work in progress. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us, Amelia. And will you please let um, everyone know where they can, of course, go and find you, your blog, your Instagram, all that good stuff. 
Thank you, Ali, for having me. I really appreciate spending time with me over the holidays. I know it's hard being pregnant and <laughs> with a We finally made it happen. We've been baby. talking for like such a big time and it's like real mom life here and like just real life. It's like we've been going back and like, hey, we're going to get on. Hey, no, sorry, the baby's awake. Oh, no, sorry, I don't have help. Like, you know, so it's like I'm happy that it aligned. It worked out. It's amazing you know so thank you again so much and to tell us where we can find you uh yeah so my uh website is bubblymoments.com and my instagram is bubbly.moments uh so if anybody reach out to me i'll be happy to talk further i'm pretty much flexible with dms i try to respond to everyone's questions and i'm really happy when i can help with something or i get some additional information for example i get so much comments about um my baby we were just traveling a few days ago and my um somebody commented how during the first six months you're not supposed to put the baby facing forward in the baby carrier and i was like oh my god thank you for telling me <laughs> we'll definitely fix that so yeah you're like I'm, new mama here <laughs> yeah so i'm really grateful to get any tips from other moms out there or if anybody has any questions i'll be happy to answer them Oh, I love that. That's so awesome. Well, thank you again so much, you know, Dr. Amelia for being on and, you know, wishing you um, an amazing 2020 and, you know, continue to rock mom life. You know, I know it's like you said, it's hard and it doesn't feel easy, but you're definitely doing it and you're doing an amazing job. And before I let you go, I always ask this question of my mamas, what is your biggest pet peeve right now in motherhood? And what is your biggest re reward? Uh, my biggest pet peeve. Um, I don't know. I, it's like there's so many different um, like diseases happening in in young children. So I'm I'm getting so worried about things that cannot be diagnosed early on, like autism, for example. We learned that it's something that you cannot. Um, do like genetic testing for it, something that um, you see at age two starts to show at age two. So this is pretty much my biggest pet peeve. My uh, child's going to have some disease that we won't be able to correct. So, and kind of, so kind of the, the worry behind that. Though, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm worried about that and I try not to think about it. Yeah, of course. I, I try to push it as far back in my mind as, as you possible. To, you know, you have to. I've had to do the same things. It's like you have to, you have to just keep your mind in a good place. And of course, you can worry and be realistic, but at the same time, you can't let it, you know, consume you. So I understand that. And what about your biggest reward? My biggest reward is coming home from work and getting to cuddle and snuggle with my baby. And then I have a bigger dog, so I snuggle with both of them. So I'm really grateful to have the evening opportunity to spend time with both of them. And I'm at that age of my life where I, I feel complete happiness at home in the evening. I don't have to go out. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So it's coming home to your little one, which I love that. I think that's adorable and, and so amazing. And yeah, I would have to say, um, probably my biggest, um, pet peeve right now is, um, just, uh, having with my own self, having to, uh, find, uh, more of a balance or harmony, uh, of having time with my daughter and working from home and being a stay at home mom and still feeling like I can get what I need to get done. But, you know, still get everything done, but still feel like I'm a present mom. And that's my own like pet peeve and something I'm trying to work through and really focus on for 2020. And then my biggest reward would be just seeing Amelia really um, turn into this little person and how amazing she is and how she's already talking so much and really paying attention to what we do and learning and everything. It's, it's really amazing. So it's, uh, it, it is quite the reward to see every day. Amazing. I'm so happy for your wonderful family. I wish you all the best. And, I hope you. You. and thank you so much for being <laughs> on. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your trip. Thank you so much, Ali. Have a wonderful new year. You too. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.